one of the elderly ladies that was looking after our goats over there had a massive heart attack and passed away. She was looking after her five-year-old granddaughter, whose mother passed away when the granddaughter was one. So we're going to raise Helen Adihiyambo up this morning. Pastor Francis is actually going to adopt this little girl as his own. Pastor Francis is a 65-year-old man adopting a five-year-old. Now, who here would want to do that, even at our ages? It's going to be hard work. So we, we need to be keeping them in our prayers. But I'm going to make a declaration. This was sent to me through the, actually a couple of weeks ago, and we've been sitting on it, and we've been praying. This year, in the refinery, we're going to see supernatural sanity, because who knows what's happening out there is not sane at the moment. We're going to see supernatural problem solving. We're going to see supernatural emotional stability. We're going to see supernatural situational awareness. We're going to understand what's happening around us. We're going to see supernatural solutions. We're going to see supernatural peace. You know, we just had over a week at home, nearly almost two weeks at home, a week with COVID together, not one argument. Let me tell you, that's supernatural peace. If two, if a married couple can stay in the same house 24 hours a day for two weeks, both sick and not fight, that is supernatural. That's what we're going to see within this church. We're going to see supernatural strength to overcome things quickly. We need to fail fast, get over it fast, and move on fast. Stop dwelling in the past. Move on. Move on. Join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. We should be praying that every morning and every night. It's so simple. It's so simple. I'm actually preaching at Coastwide Church tonight at 5 o'clock. We, we went to visit our friends there last week and they, halfway through Shane's sermon, he stopped and said, oh, by the way, Gary, whatever you get on next Sunday, cancel because you're preaching here. I was like, okay, praise God, I've got nothing on except Dave's come all the way from Bowen <laughs> to spend the weekend with us. But it's cool. And we will be starting with the Lord's Prayer again tonight because that's what we should do because it's His glory. It's his kingdom that we're looking for. And you know, without a proper response to the Holy Spirit, our lives are going to be unproductive and our service is going to be weak and feeble. Maybe look in your own lives. How's your service going? Is it weak? Is it feeble? Are you actually where you think you should be? Are you actually where God says you should be? Maybe you should look at your response to the Holy Spirit. And we're going to continue this week with our series talking about recognizing and responding to the indwelling spirit. This is the reason I had Michael come and preach last week, because I wanted everyone to see what the Holy Spirit's doing through people and how his life has been changed. Well, he didn't even scrape the surface of his testimony last week. He gave an extremely sanitized version of it. Otherwise, he would still be preaching this week if he did the whole thing. So today we're going to talk about the continuing presence of the Holy Spirit. But before we go any further, I'm going to pray for our offering. 
Yeah, the rent's due on Monday, people. Rent's due on Monday. I spoke to, the God, to God through the week. I actually said to Daniel yesterday, I was speaking to him through the week saying, Lord, you brought us into this building. And the church isn't broke, so don't get me wrong. The church is not broke. You brought me into this building. People have been saying they're going to do all this stuff. They're going to tithe. They're going to, they're going to do stuff. What's going on, Lord? Am I missing something? And he said to me, Son, they've been saying the same thing to me for years. They're going to do all this stuff. They're going to look after their church, which is actually my church. They've been telling me for years, so if they, if they do that to me, what can you expect? Let me tell you, if you're making promises to God, you're telling him you're going to do stuff, I challenge you today to do it. Whether it's serving, whether it's giving, whatever it is, I challenge you to do it. Because he is not pleased with his church. He, I'm talking worldwide here. Many people aren't going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. They're going to hear something completely different. I did not know you. You promised me this. But Lord, I cast out demons. But I did this, Lord. I fed the poor. I, I didn't know you. That's what many of us are going to hear if we don't start following through on our promises. We've got to start following through. We expect him to bless us, right? But we won't be obedient to the basic things that he tells us. Father, we thank you for the gift of this day in which we have the privilege of rejoicing in you and responding to your purpose for our lives. We come in humility, Lord, to worship you as the giver of every good and perfect gift. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for life itself. We thank you, Lord, that we're not living in the backwaters of Kenya. We thank you, Lord, that we're here on the Gold Coast. We thank you, Lord, for the joy of being a co-worker with others and with you in bringing your kingdom to the lives of men and women and children in this city and to the outer ends of the earth. If you've got your seed there and you're ready to sow, well, just put your hand on it. Lord, bless these gifts to that end that they will go to where you require them. It's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen. Amen. You know, it's important that we actually we actually lift our offering up to God. When, when the Israelites used to give their offering, whatever it was, be it grain or, I mean, you can't really lift a cow up, but, you know, they, they'd lift it up to the Lord and then they'd place it on the altar. That's what we need to do. We need to be lifting our offering up to Him. If someone puts $20 in the offering here, that's the $20 that goes to the bank. I don't put it in my pocket and then do a deposit later. That $20 note, because often people have prayed over it themselves. And then we pray over it corporately. What happens when it gets to the bank is a whole other thing. It's already been blessed. The text we're concentrating on today is John 14:16. It says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may come and abide with you forever. The scriptures we're working through are John 14, 15 through to 18. When it's where Jesus promises another helper. Verse 15 says, For if you love me, keep my commandments. Whoops, most of us just tripped over, didn't we? If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. 
and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him and he dwells with you and will be in you. And I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. You ever notice that our worldly friends don't understand our beliefs because they don't know the Lord? It's possible to experience painful loneliness when you're in the midst of a crowd. Anyone been there? There's been people all around you, but you're still lonely? I know I have. To feel separated by distance or by death from someone who is very precious is one of life's most painful experiences. I could only imagine what that little five-year-old girl in Kenya is going through now. Her mum died when she was one. Her grandmother, who's been caring for her since then, passed away this week. Imagine the pain that she's going through. Yet she has a village around her, but she would still feel lonely. As our Lord approached the end of his ministry, his disciples were horrified at the thought of their loneliness and helplessness once he was taken from them. They sought to persuade him to avoid danger and the possibility of imprisonment or death. You've been in that position yourself? Lord, don't lead me into that because, you know, I might not like it. I might get hurt. I might be persecuted. Someone might swear at me. Someone might throw stuff at me. We can sympathize with their their anxiety. From our perspective, as those who live on this side of Calvary, the first Easter and the day of Pentecost and the day of Pentecost, we can understand better than what they found impossible to understand. Jesus was saying, I'm going. I'm out of here, but I'm sending someone else. They didn't understand it. They thought Jesus was there to change the world for them. They thought he was going to be a political figure. He was going to throw, overthrow everyone and probably put them in governmental positions. Jesus sought to encourage them and to equip them for future ministry. That's our goal here. As an apostolic and prophetic ministry, our goal is to equip the saints. That's what Jesus was doing by his teachings and by his promise of another comforter, another counselor, another helper. How can we be alone when we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us? How can we be lonely? The Holy Spirit, in contrast to Jesus and his brief ministry of three years. Remember, Jesus, his ministry lasted three years. That was it. The Holy Spirit, though, would come to abide with them in continuing presence once Jesus had gone. Never to depart them. They come to understand this only after Pentecost, didn't they? I love Pentecost one of my favorite days in church every year because God always does something. Jesus told them that the Father would give them another counselor of exactly the same kind as he was. But who would be different in that he would be always with them forever? Always. Jesus is the Savior, the visible manifestation of the invisible God. But he was limited to his earthly ministry to being at one place at one time, wasn't he? Jesus wasn't everywhere. 
For this reason, he said to them in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But I depart and I will send him to you. We are so lucky to have the Holy Spirit. He's with us always. He's everywhere. He can be here comforting us now. And he's in Kenya comforting the church over there at the same time. Let's go through some points today. The Holy Spirit is God's good gift to each and every believer. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit did not dwell in all believers as he does on this side of Pentecost. Rather, he would come on chosen individuals for a limited period of time to equip them and empower them for some unique task. If you're unsure about that, read the Old Testament. I'm amazed at how many Christians don't read the Old Testament. Many churches teach them not to. Start at Matthew and go from there. You know, without the Old Testament, you miss the New Testament completely. It's in here for a reason. In here for a reason. If you've been watching our Tuesday night teachings online, we're going through the Old Testament prophets at the moment. Let me tell you, they weren't very happy people. <laughs> Everything that came out of their mouth was a warning. I encourage you to go back and, and watch some of them. We've well, we done four or five now. Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. Thursday nights at 7 o'clock, we're doing teachings as well. So yeah, we're, we're pushing out heaps of God's Word. He gives us messages every week. Let me encourage you to start watching them, listening to them, soaking in them. The Holy Spirit would come on chosen individuals for a period of time, but that doesn't happen now, does it? He's with us. He's indwelling. Praise God for that. There is a marked difference in the manner in which the Spirit came on the individuals before Pentecost and the manner in which He comes now. The gift of the Holy Spirit comes by God's grace. The day we are saved, we have everything we need. We don't need to go searching for it. We don't need more of this or more of that. It's in us. We just have to somehow get it out. One of the big problems with the church worldwide, I said this the other week, the generations of ministers, probably the two generations of ministers before us have a lot to answer for. They are responsible for the weak church that we've got now. They are the ones that prophesied over people fluffy words which weren't actually prophecies. You're going to be this, you're going to be that. No, probably not. You might have it in you, but it doesn't mean you're called. I saw an ad on Facebook yesterday. A church in Sydney's opening up again after all the time they've had off. And they're looking for a worship team that they want to pay. Let me tell you, that worship team will never set foot in this church. Because clearly if you're getting paid to do it, you're not, um, you're not called to start with. The question I would be asking them is, would you do this for free? And if the answer was no, they're not called to it. Now, there's a church in Western Australia at the moment that's about to start up. Again, advertising jobs that you need to be called to before you can get paid. I'm not saying ministers shouldn't get paid, but they're advertising jobs that are actually callings. It's not going to work. You're either called to ministry or you're not. 
Let me tell you, my first choice as a job would not be a pastor, but I'm called to it. Our old pastor said to me one day, why would you ever want to do that? Dealing with everyone else's problems every day. Who's been a minister here? There's a few of you. You know what it's like, right? But it's a calling. We relish it. We love it. Because that's what God's called us to do. The gift of the Holy Spirit comes by God's grace. We do not earn the privilege of having the Holy Spirit abide within us. It's not about works. It's about obedience. The gift of the Holy Spirit comes to us through faith. If you don't believe you have the Holy Spirit in you by faith, there's not much we can do for you. You've got to have the faith that you've got the Holy Spirit in you. By faith we receive Christ. And by faith we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit at the same time. Second point today is the Holy Spirit is a continuing presence within each believer. He's the presence of the resurrected Christ within each of us. That air conditioner's still on, it's getting warm up here. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 18, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. I think the church worldwide actually has an orphan spirit, doesn't it? We've got to break that off. We've got to stop being orphans. We are the sons and daughters of the Most High. We've got to start believing that. We've got to start walking in that. Oh, that's better already, Daniel. We've got to start believing it and walking in it. In this specific passage today, our Lord was not referring to His glorious return at the end of the age, was He? He was referring to his return in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, following his ascension to the Father. Our Christianity is so simple. All we need to do is profess that Jesus is the Son of God. He died, he was resurrected and he ascended and he's coming back again. That's our faith right there. That's our faith. As our Lord gave the Great Commission to his disciples regarding their evangelistic task, Throughout the world, he said in Matthew 28, 20, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Remember, what was the Great Commission? Was it to go and stand on a street corner preaching? Was it to plant lots of churches? Well, that actually is part of it. Was it to do all the stuff that we see as these different ministries now? No. Go forth and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Great Commission. The rest all just falls in behind that, or should do. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. We experience the presence of the living, triumphant Lord in and through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, who has come to abide within the heart of each and every believer. We've got to understand this. We've got to understand it. A lot of what we see people calling is, or saying is the Holy Spirit, let me tell you, it's a spirit, but it ain't holy. A lot of what we see, even within the churches, is not the Holy Spirit. It is something completely different. It looks like it. It may even taste like it a little bit, but ooh, it certainly doesn't smell like it. Satan is the great deceiver. He's the great accuser. He's the one that will create all the counterfeits. 
and the Christians that are seeking the next bright, shiny thing, guess where they go? They follow it. The next sparkly thing, the, the big screens, the skinny jeans and the smoke machines, guess where they are? The Pharisees are still running the churches. Paul wrote to the Galatians in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. We can all say this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life of which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. That's exciting. We should be able to get behind that. It is no longer Christ who lives in me. Guess what? This fleshy exterior that I've got still makes plenty of mistakes. It still opens its mouth sometimes when it shouldn't. One of the big things about being a Christian is sometimes we need to learn to shut up and just not say anything. It's probably the hardest part. We don't always need to be talking. Paul experienced the presence of the living Christ through the abiding spirit who would come to dwell within him and within the the heart of every believer. Holy Spirit is in you. You can't get more of him. We see that prayer in some churches sometimes. More of the Holy Spirit, Lord. More of the Holy Spirit. There's no more. It's in you. You've got it. Do something with it. Do something little to start with. Don't believe you're going to raise the dead if you can't pray for a cold. Don't believe you're going to raise the dead if you can't pray for a headache. Start small. We pray over our dog, don't we? She loves it. She just lays there. <laughs> sure, she knows the Holy Spirit. The Bible, and that, people might think, oh, that's a bit silly. Doesn't the Bible say, preach to every creature? Every creature? That lizard we saw run up the glass the other day? Did someone preach the word to it? If you've got no one to practice your preaching to, preach to the dog. Preach to the cat. They might walk away uninterested, but you know what? Get your preaching better if that's the case. The Holy Spirit abides within us to teach us God's truth. He is the Spirit of truth who came to teach us all the things that God wants us to understand. Let me say that again. He's here to teach us all the things that God wants us to understand. When you're having trouble understanding something, seek the Lord. When you're having trouble understanding what something in here says, seek the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit to interpret it for you. His mission is to guide us into all the truth of God. All the truth, not some of it. Not just the bits we like to hear, that you know God loves us and we're going to be blessed. Not just that bit, but to lead us into... Be obedient. Look after people. Treat others as you want to be treated yourself. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. They're all the things we struggle with, right? His mission is to guide us into all the truth of God. And since God is a spirit, those who worship him must worship in the spirit and in truth. Lead not on our own understanding. Isn't that what it says? It's part of the problem. People who aren't led into ministry are teaching what this says but has to be understood in the spirit. Some of you may have seen a debate I had with someone a couple of weeks ago on Facebook, which I never do. 
I know Daniel saw it. Someone who's a theologian with five, six, sorry, six theological degrees. I'm thinking, right, this is going to be fun because theologians don't know Christ to start with. And we get into the debate and I'm like, uh, there's something going on here. This gentleman is non-binary. So he doesn't know whether he's a boy or a girl, but he's got six theological degrees. He probably needs to start listening to the Holy Spirit when he reads his Bible. Two genders, 600 other mental disabilities. Two genders. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Holy Spirit uses the scriptures to teach us. He uses the church to help us understand the truth. He uses other believers to lead us into the truth. We know many people that have left churches, some, some people here perhaps as well, that they left because the pastor corrected them or they didn't like what he taught. Guess what? That's not the pastor's problem. That's probably your issue. Because Holy Spirit uses the church to help us teach. He uses other believers to teach you, to lead you. The Holy Spirit works in our mind and our emotions and our will. I was led a couple of weeks ago. There's another ministry in Western Australia who some of you will know. And they were running a church. And I, I said to them, the pastor, I said, this was, this was Holy Spirit. It was out of the blue. I wouldn't challenge someone on their ministry. I said to him, did the Holy Spirit lead you to plant a church or to create a platform in media? And there was dead silence. He'd planted a church when that was not his calling and struggled for two years and couldn't work out why nothing was going on. And he won't mind me sharing that. He's probably watching now. But he reminds me every day since, I'm glad you challenged me. Most people would have been offended. I was ready to never speak to him again. But he reminds me every day now that I challenged him on what did the Holy Spirit actually tell you to do and what are you doing? The Holy Spirit creates conflict within the lower nature of each believer. Our fleshly nature is lower than our spiritual nature. And the Holy Spirit creates conflict. He creates a civil war between himself and our flesh. You ever had that little voice, that feeling in your stomach when you're about to do something that's perhaps not right? It just feels, ugh. It's the Holy Spirit nudging you, creating that civil war. But, but Lord, I want that big piece of cheesecake. But no, walk away. Put down the fork. He fills us with a holy discontent until we let the living Christ reign supreme within our hearts. There's a comfort that comes when you're abiding in Christ and just doing what he would have you do. There's an ease that comes with it. But when you know when you're not on the right track, there's discomfort, isn't there? You're just not settled. You're just not right. And he said to Amanda just the other day, he said, look how peaceful you are now. Something's changed within our lives in the last few weeks, hasn't it? I said, look at the peace you've got. 
because we're actually doing what Christ wants us to do. We're following what the Holy Spirit says, which sometimes means upsetting people. Yeah, we're, we're called to love people. We're not called to appease them. If you love me, correct me. We do what the Word says, isn't it? If you love me, correct me. The Holy Spirit comes to us and fills us with... He gives us... He fills us. And He gives us victory over evil. Do we actually want that victory or do we want to hold on to that little bit of evil just that little bit longer? It's up to you. You can have the victory. It's there. Jesus died on that cross for you. For me. He got the penalty that we deserved. He produces within us the fruit of the Spirit. You could be the best evangelist in the world. I don't care. Show me the fruit. Show me the fruit. You could be the best minister in the world. Show me the fruit. We had this discussion a couple of days ago. Because we, we, we ask God questions. We, he's our loving Father. Lord, why isn't this working the way we think it should? Why isn't this happening? Why, why, why? Most of our questions to God are why. And then he always comes back and says, well, look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. This little church started two and a half years ago with two people. Amanda would do the worship. I'd be there, praise God. I would preach. Amanda would be there, yeah, this preaching is okay. <laughs> and then Aben came along, which many of you know, and then Bryce came along, and, and, and we've grown from there. That's the fruit. This little church supports almost 200 kids in Kenya. We've got four churches in Kenya. We have a sister church in South Africa. We now have another ministry in Western Australia that we're part of. That's the fruit. That is the fruit. I don't call myself an apostle, but many would for doing that. I'm just following what God says. I don't call myself a prophet but many people would, but we're doing what God says. We're following him. And there's a peace in that, isn't there? There's a comfort there that, Lord, you've got us no matter what. You've got us. The Holy Spirit produces within us the fruit of the Spirit. God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit as an abiding presence of Christ. An abiding presence of Christ. We've got it. When you pray for someone, don't pray more of the Holy Spirit. He's already there. Pray the gifts come out. Pray the healing is activated. Pray the blessings happen. The Holy Spirit's already within them. Out of this church, there will be apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists. We all have those things in our lives. But you watch the five-fold offices come out of this church. Because everyone can prophesy, but that doesn't make you a prophet. Everyone can pastor someone, but that doesn't make you a pastor. Watch it come out of this church. Watch the fivefold emerge. The fivefold doesn't come into churches. We don't need the next greatest prophet to come in here. It's already here. That person is already sitting within this church right now. You probably don't even know it probably don't even know it. Let us rejoice. Each of us, let us rejoice 
in the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. The true Holy Spirit, not the counterfeits that we see dancing around and people flapping around on the ground like fish and all that sort of thing. People barking in church. Let me tell you, we have a God of order. If someone's barking in church, that is not the Holy Spirit. It's something else. And that's when Lockie will come up and just cast it out straight away. <laughs> we, we've got to start understanding what the Holy Spirit is. God is a God of order. Yes, church gets messy. We've all seen it here. We get messy sometimes. But there's still order. Every single time, there's still order. God is not messy. You're not going to get to heaven and there's going to be clothes and stuff all over the, all over the place and you know, unwashed dishes in the sink. That's not going to be happening in heaven because God is a God of order. We're not going to get there and the grass is this high. Someone would have mowed it. Probably Paul would be out there mowing the grass. God is a God of order. He's a God of beauty. Let us respond to the tender words, the gentle impulses, and the loving leadings of the Holy Spirit. Let us also respond when He corrects us when he growls at us a little bit. Let us just step back into line. You know, the, the shepherd's crook. It's got two ends on it. One's to give you a little bit of a tap on the backside to get you back into line. The other's to stick it around your neck and pull you back into line pretty swiftly if you need to. We need to learn to fail fast, as I said at the start. Fail fast. If you're messing up in your life, cool, that's okay. But fix it fast. Do something about it. And move on fast. Forget about the past. Forget about it. It's done. Whatever's happened in your life, yeah, good or bad, great. Move on. Draw a line in the sand today. Let me encourage you. Draw a line in the sand and move on. Because you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, praise God, and he's going to have something for you to do. Draw a line in the sand. No excuses. None of this, oh, well, Lord, you know, if, if I only had extra money or if I only had this, or, get on with it. Get on with it. The apostles walked away from their businesses. Imagine what happened in their families. Imagine I'm out there fishing, which I love fishing. I, I would have been loving it. Jesus comes along and says, Gary, follow me. All right. Do I go home and I tell Amanda that, you know, the business is hers, I'm out of here, I'm following Jesus, or, or, or what do I do? They dropped everything and went. Amanda would probably be like, no, you're not going by yourself. I'm coming with you. In fact, I know she'd be saying that. Let us trust the Holy Spirit to guide us and enable us to do all that God wants us to do. Do you actually trust Him? to guide you? Don't answer that out loud because if you truly look at yourself, many would probably say, yeah, I trust him when it seems like something good that I might like. But, yeah, if I've got to go somewhere that I don't want to go, maybe I don't like it that much and I won't trust him. I said to Pastor Shenley in South Africa on, what night did we talk to him? Thursday night. I said to him, Shenley, I just had this urge to get back to Africa. And he just looked at me and smiled because he knows how much I dislike going to Africa. Because it's hot and smelly and 
get ripped off pretty regularly, don't you, Dave? <laughs> Depending on which part you're in. And he's like, just do it. Just do it. Because I'm getting that urge to go now. Two years ago, three years ago, you would have been dragging me to the plane kicking and screaming. Because it's 32 or 34 hours. We always travel economy because we can't afford anything else. And we want to be back there with the people and you're stuck in a little seat. You just got to resign yourself to the fact you're not going to sleep for two days. Unless you're like Amanda and you just fall asleep everywhere. <laughs> Lord, I pray that I can do that. <laughs> but we've got to start trusting him. When he's got a plan for us, whatever it is, we've got to start trusting him. Stop making excuses. I pray to do ministry in the Caribbean. He sends me to Kenya. Sends me to Uganda. Sends me to Tanzania. It's like, Lord, close, but not really. I wanted somewhere tropical and nice. Not somewhere with red dirt and you know, almost have to throw your clothes out when you come home because you can't get them clean. If you've not yet received Jesus as your saviour, and this is for everyone who, who says they're saved as well, if you haven't received him as your saviour, the Holy Spirit is prompting you to open the door of your life and let him in. Let the Holy Spirit in. Start trusting him. Because he can forgive your sins and he can give you the gift of eternal life. He can give you everything you're needing, everything you're lacking at the moment, he can give you if you just let him in. Just let him in. Let him into your life. You know, we, we don't have friends come over and we make them stand at the door knocking, do we? We actually let them in. We sit them down, make sure they're comfortable, get them a drink, get them something to eat. Let him in. Let him in. Open the door today. I'm talking to those people that are online as well. Open the door today. Wherever you're watching from. You know, we've had people watching in, in most African countries the last few weeks. In Pakistan. In India. In the Philippines. In Vanuatu as well. Let the Lord into your life. Start being obedient. Start reading this. I want to encourage everyone. If you've listened to any of our podcasts or any of our videos, I do this every single time. Start reading this. There's, you've got to be diligent in your Bible study time. There's so much more you can get from actually reading the Bible yourself as opposed to just listening to someone else a couple of times a week when you go to church. I'm not saying don't go to church. And those people who are watching online that say, well, I don't need church. We just meet from house to house. That's what the Bible says in Acts. You're partly right. Everyone met from house to house, but the apostles still went to the temple every week. They still went to church. When you spend time with God, your life's going to change in amazing ways because he's a redeemer. I can tell you now, everything we lost... When before myself and Amanda met, and even after, everything has come back. Once we started serving him, everything has come back. And some. He's a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him. He wants to make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. But you know what? You have to let him do it. You have to let him do it. He's not going to force himself on you. He's a gentleman. He wants to make you whole. 
I'm going to leave it there. I, I believe there's some people that probably need some prayer today. And I'm going to get Daniel to come and do another worship song. So those who are, who are watching online, we're going to leave you there. I encourage you, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. <laughs>